This is a podcast from Rover. Rex Today. With NetSpeed. Internet solutions for everyone and their dog. All right, welcome in, people. Here we are at Mystery Creek at uh, National Agricultural Field Days. And uh, on my journeys around, I uh, bumped into the Chief Executive of Federated Farmers, none other than Terry Copeland, who joins me now. Terry, nice to see you. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, nice, beautiful day. Sun shining. Great day. Starts off cold, though, doesn't it, man? <laughs> the ice this morning was something that was unreal. Yeah, yeah, who'd be a farmer, eh? Hey, listen, um, you were just talking to me before about uh, the fact that you guys have just released basically uh, your 12 policy points that you'd like politicians to take on board heading into the election. Incidentally, I note that election's four months away to the day as well today. Oh, yes, so, that's, yeah. that's so, right. So run us through them, and uh, what, what, I guess what are the, sort of the key message, I suppose? Yeah, so what we've done um, this year is sort of contain our main points to 12 key areas, which sounds like quite a lot, but they contain uh, some pretty key messages. So the, the sort of first one is um, you know, giving back control to local communities. So um, you know, we, we think that rural New Zealand suffers quite a bit from centralisation, so the health system, uh, which would be very difficult, of course, to wind back now, uh, tertiary education, all those things. So we need to make sure that communities have a really strong voice in deciding their futures. Um, we need to fix the unworkable freshwater rules. Um, you know, that's been around now for a number of years and this has been proven to fail. Uh, they're not going to achieve the objectives that the government wants, so whoever the government's going to be uh, post-October, uh, we need to have workable freshwater rules. Third one is uh, probably this current government's uh, biggest platform, which is the changes to the RMA. Um, you know, we want less bureaucratic red tape, um, we don't want to see basically a consenting system just to farm, um, and so that, that needs to be put right. Um, under biodiversity, we want to make sure that uh, significant nat- natural areas, SNAs, are actually significant, not just any bit of uh, wetland or uh, any bit of scrub that seems to be uh, more the norm these days. Um, We've got to build the farmer workforce, so the settings aren't necessarily right for how we have enough people on farms. So the biggest challenge I think a lot of farmers are facing at the moment is around uh, the lack of staff and the lack of trained staff. Uh, So, you know, we've got to get our immigration settings back to where they need to be so we can attract the right people from overseas. Can I just stop you on that one? Because that one, to me, of all the things that you've spoken about so far, I mean, they're all important, but uh, that one's been bubbling away under the surface for a few years now, and I can't see anyone who's come up with anything that's actually going to set that right. I mean, the industry as a whole in agriculture is just down thousands and thousands thousands of workers. If it goes on like this, it's completely unsustainable. Agree, and what we're starting to see now, of course, is if you can't replace a farm worker when they've left, that the farm owners or the farm managers are just working harder and longer hours themselves, and that raises the risk of health and safety breaches and uh, on-farm accidents, and no one wants to see that. But yes, you're right, no one's come up with a, a viable way of making sure we've got enough trained people, we've got low unemployment um, we had a setting where if you're going to use immigrant labour you had to pay the median wage um, which pushed up massive farm costs that makes it less sustainable as well. So yeah, it's a perfect storm to, of, of lack of people and then difficult immigration settings that have just created mayhem. What's next on the, on the list of 12 there, Terry <laughs> Copeland? Yeah, so uh, we want whoever the government is to uh, show fiscal and monetary discipline. Um, there's a lot of 
excess Good spending. luck with that. Yes, I know. And look, it's an election year, so there's going to be all sorts of promises from all the parties. But uh, right now, with high inflation, um, yeah, it will be, it'll be interesting to see if we uh, are officially in recession when the next lot of figures come out, I think it's today. T- uh, tomorrow, maybe. Tomorrow? Yeah, today, tomorrow, yeah, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, so we need some discipline around that. Um, this is the time for us to have the debate around technologies, and I see National have just launched their policy around GMO, uh, which we're very supportive of the, of the need to have uh, the discussion about what technologies that we can take advantage of. Uh, we need to streamline the EPA processes around that. It's very hard to get new uh, agri uh, technology into, into the system. Uh, here's a really positive one. We just need to unlock the potential through water storage. And uh, water is the key for everything, both from an urban perspective as well as from a rural and farming perspective. So we need to look at how we have a national policy statement on water storage. Well, that uh, echoes uh, what Vanessa Winning from uh, Irrigation NZ's been saying for as long as I've known her. Yes, you know, exactly. And uh, she, she's bang on. She makes a... Uh, I'm not going to try and, uh, you know, um, paraphrase her. She makes a great case, and we've interviewed her a number of times about it, and people can find those online but um, that one to me seems like an absolute no-brainer. I agree and I don't know why there's such a resistance towards yeah, it. Seems strange. It does. Our next one is around allowing young farmers to access their KiwiSaver. If you want to buy a herd or you want to buy, uh, or particularly if you want to buy a farm, you should be able to, because you live on it, uh, you should be able to unlock your KiwiSaver uh, savings as an urban person who wants to buy their first home. There should be no difference to that. So uh, the next one is, and we've been harping on about this uh, for a number of years, is uh, urgently reviewing our methane targets. Now we're not climate change deniers, we think that uh, agriculture has a place uh, in, in limiting and reducing our, our emissions, but it's got to be done in a way that that is actually accurate. So uh, yeah, setting uh, re- realistic, effective reduction targets so farmers can actually get on board with this. That's a vexed issue, though, isn't it? Who's going to ever agree on those bloody numbers, though? That you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But when the IPCC came out last year uh, and said actually um, their revision on where they think global temperatures will be by the end of the century have now halved. So if that's the case, then we need to review the targets to make sure we can achieve what we want to achieve and not overburden farmers. And the last two are around uh, a rethink of our ETS forestry rules. Um, you know, we've got to make sure the settings are not encouraging land use change for the wrong reasons. And the last one is just scrap the ute tax, uh, fix our infrastructure. Uh, you know, these are things that everyday rural New Zealanders have to face um, because they've got very little choice in these things. So, you know, I totally agree that someone like me that lives in the middle of Wellington doesn't uh, should should have a fee to to have the right to drive a ute, but a farmer shouldn't have to pay a fee to do their job. Uh, yeah, look, I um, it's almost one of the most important ones because um, the stats out today, I think, around the biggest concerns for New Zealanders and cost of living is, I can't remember if it was one or two, but it's right up there. Yeah. And it's those little things, I think. You guys can argue the big policy bits, right? But it's the everyday 
pain <laughs> that a lot of people are feeling uh, in urban and rural New Zealand as well. To me right now, and as we're four months out from an election, that to me seems, uh, you know, that, in fact I think just from memory now when I talk about it, I'm pretty sure that was the number one right. issue facing New Zealanders now um, is, is cost of living and uh, I'm, not, I'm not surprised and rural people are feeling it just as much as anybody. Yep, and in fact... Uh I think that farmers have got the really tough end of the cost of living at the moment because if you look at all the on-farm expenses, they're not getting any more for their products, but their costs have gone up significantly. So their income is severely reduced. Whereas a salary earner like me, yes, I pay more interest on my mortgage, cost me more to go to the supermarket, but at least uh, yeah, that, that's relatively well contained. A farmer at the moment is probably looking at 20% increase in costs uh, with no increase in income, and it's, it only comes off their bottom line, which means that they'll earn a whole lot less money this year. Yeah, um, and also when we look at uh, the political landscape as well, uh, all indications are this is going to be a very closely fought contest, no matter what block you're looking at, uh, you know, the left block or the right block and the, you know, the, the cross benches and all these sorts of things, it's, uh, you know, I think it's going to be um, as tight as we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I think there's going to be lots of really interesting electorates that'll swing one way or the other that are going to be quite different. I mean, you look at how many people have just sort of switched parties in the last couple of months, um, you know, people that have been stood down from positions on both sides of the House in terms of spokespersonship, those that are exiting Parliament. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting election. Yeah, it will be indeed. Listen, uh, Terry Copeland, Chief Executive of Federated Farmers, nice to see you in the flesh and uh, enjoy the rest of field days. Thanks very much. Rex today with NetSpeed. Internet till the cows come home. Mystery Creek, day one of National Agricultural Field Days, and uh, of course the politicians, they like to come out in force, <laughs> don't they, to, uh, to these events, and i found the uh, leader of the National Party, Christopher Luxon, who's with us now. Christopher, nice to see you, how are you? Good to be with you, mate. Uh, great first day. I've been here many years now, and it's uh, just always a great vibe and pretty inspiring stuff. I, I just encourage a lot of people from the cities actually to come down and see what's going on in this sector because it's a pretty special sector. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. There's a lot going on. I'm actually um, the crowd for day one's actually pretty good. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, like I think. I mean, like what last year we had it in early December, didn't we? And uh, I think moving it back to the traditional time frames probably worked a lot better for people. Uh, it's a lot people less busy, I suspect, at this time. But um, no, really good vibe uh, and good energy. And again, as I say just an exciting sector. I mean, there's so many interesting things going on, so I'll come back on Friday and just privately wander around all the stalls because actually I quite like to see what's happening and what people are up to. Yeah, same actually. That's yeah. my plan as well. <laughs> I'll get work done Wednesday and Thursday yeah. and uh, look around Friday. Um, what is the word that you've heard from people? Is there any things that people are telling you as you've walked around just this morning? I know you've only been here a wee while, but are uh, any recurring themes or concerns or positives? What are you hearing? Oh, look, I mean, I think people are um, pretty frustrated at the moment in New Zealand, and it's not, not under you know, it's completely understandable. We've got a government that's really beat up on farmers big time, treated them as villains. I hope they're feeling that there's hope on the way and help is on the way. Uh, we're going to back our farmers big time. It's a, a sector that should be deeply, deeply valued. Uh, it is the backbone of New Zealand's economy, and uh, we've been the best in the world for 100 years, and we're going to be the best in the world for the next 50. So um, that's why a lot of our policies this week around genetic editing and uh, certainly around agricultural emissions. Uh, we've come out pretty you know, clear about what our, what laying out the law so that everybody has really clear rules and understanding of where things are going because um, 
we want our farmers to continue to be the best in the world, and they are. And so um, we're not going to we're not going to solve this emissions problem by um, bankruptcy. We'll solve it through technology. Well, it's interesting. So there's a few things there to unpack. So I was having a chat to uh, offside of Tim Vandermolen in there. Um, who's always a regular around these parts, former Young Farmer of the Year yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. He was saying uh, the policy that you've released in the last few days has been three or four things, whatever, um, and uh, we've covered them all on the show, but um, he's saying that that's what people are talking about, to him at least anyway, in terms of the genetic editing yeah. and um, the fact that uh, National have looked at Hawaka Rekanoa and gone... Not, not, not sure about that one and also obviously of course uh, the other bits of policy that you've uh, released this week as well in terms of uh, agricultural pricing, yeah. all these sorts of things massive issues, yeah. are you really going to be that effective on these things should you gain uh, the oh, office of Prime Minister absolutely. in October? I mean, it's rather perverse that we sit in a country that is you know, one of the leading agricultural countries in the world and we can't access the innovations and technologies that we have available to us. You've got to remember it was Ag Research and New Zealand Crown Institute that actually developed a ryegrass that's 23% lower emissions and, and more drought resistant but it can't take it outside of the labs because of our rules from 1996 and 2002. So that goes gets developed in the US or Australia, someone commercialises it and lo and behold we don't, we've lost control of it. So why can't we give our farmers access to that tool? Um, I think about other biotechnologies like um, you know, methane inhibitors, you know, uh, approved you know, 30% reduction in methane out of cows, approved in 35 other countries, not available here in New Zealand. So you can't just go load a tax essentially in a pricing program on, on farmers without giving them the ability to be able to leverage the tools and technologies. And the second thing is give them the ability to get credits through the sequestration efforts that they've done a brilliant job on, riparian planting, wetlands, uh, all those things that have done a fantastic job around. So, And then we can look at agricultural emissions uh, pricing at that point. And we say, as I said, we'll, we'll look at it by, by 2030. 2030, yeah, that was the year that you pulled out. So it looks like you're making a, a big play for rural New Zealand. National used to be the, uh, the, the, the farmers' party, the party of the farmers. I think we've spoken about this before, but ACT are making a massive play as well. You're cutting each other's lunch here a little. Oh, it's not really about that. I mean, I've been a big fan of uh, farming from the get-go. I even used to go to the Dairy Industry Awards when I was at New Zealand, to be honest, because uh, I love the sector. And I generally think, you know, when I want more New Zealanders to see it and understand it. And I think that's the thing that's different. In the old days, I could live in a city but go live with an uncle and auntie over August school holidays, understand farming, have a great appreciation for it. Uh, that doesn't happen today. So we've got to work harder at, you know, making sure people understand why it's so valuable to New Zealand. Because I tell you... Hurting farming just makes every single Kiwi in this country much, much poorer. You know, that's the reality of it. So, and frankly, killing farming to move production overseas to feed 40 million people from another less emissions efficient country only worsens greenhouse gas emissions and you make the New Zealanders Kiwis poorer. So that's why I'm saying let's get the balance right, get the sequencing right get the tools and technologies available, get the sequestration benefits understood, and then we'll look at pricing in 2030. So that's the big message to farmers, that's, that's it in a nutshell, so to yeah, speak? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been, you know, day, day two of being a leader, I came to Morrinsville because I want to send the message really clearly that, um, you know, National backs farmers and we back this sector because we should be very, very proud about it and all that it's achieved and what it's done and what it will do for us in the future. So let's stop the, the, the wet and whiny mindset, let's get the things turned around, uh, let's, let's make sure we've got a glass half full and and let's get the mindset shifted because we want to value farming, not treat them as villains. Yeah, wet and whiny, very good. I know you've probably got Jamie McKay to interview you a bit later on today um, from the country. He'll talk about the fact that uh, John Key used to walk around 
like Jesus or something like that. You know, they would they would follow him. You know, like a flock of disciples sort of thing. How are you finding the reception? Oh, it's been great. We had a lovely chap, Nick, who uh, came up to us. Hey, eh? he was like he was in year seven, and he was a big fan and wanted me to sign his, his autographs and stuff like that. So, uh, look, it's just awesome. I mean, they, you know, the, you know, farmers are just the best people in New Zealand. I mean, like, honestly, they're great people. They deal with a lot. They uh, overcome huge amounts of adversity, massively resilient, uh, and I just want them to know that they're going to have a government that's going to back them. That's what they really need to know. And then let's get on and get the show moving, get the country growing. That's what we've got to do. All right, appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Christopher Luxon. Appreciate it, mate. Take care. Have a good day. Rex today with NetSpeed. Rural, urban, and everywhere in between. All right, well, I found me good old mate Craig Wiggy Wiggins round the fencing site, of course, um, and, uh, gee, she's all go here. Uh, Craig, great to have you on the show, and uh, once again, of course, our regular catch-up, but, you know, one-on-one, yeah. in the flesh, sun shining, Mystery Creek, things are good, man. Yeah, man, it's good to see you. Like, I think um, you and I talk every week, but we, we don't get to catch up with each other physically, and, and uh, you've lost a bit of weight. You're looking, <laughs> you're looking pretty good, mate, I must admit. The old sun, uh, sun out like this today, it's, it's, it's a beautiful day, and uh, you won't be used to all this walking around and interviewing. Oh, come on. No, you're probably right, actually. I'm usually stuck in a studio, mate. But no, it's great to get out and about. I love this because you, you walk kilometres and kilometres. At the end of the day, you feel like you've uh, really earned your keep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a good place to get sore knees and ankles, though. But uh, <laughs> look, it's great. Um, we're here at the fencing competition, and, and it's one of the biggest parts of the field days. Uh, there's been a couple of days of heats up till now, and now we've got uh, the finals starting to come through. We've got the cadets here from a lot of the training colleges, including uh, some young people from the Primary Industry Academy at Geraldine, who uh, you and I have talked about regularly, Sarah Foley-Smith's here as well, I see her just walking around over there keeping an eye on things, but um, so the cadets are putting up a, a two-wire electric fence over 30 metres, and then in the other lanes, uh, the other competition is the Bill Shuler competition, and they're putting up uh, uh, 40 metres of three-wire electric fence, and um, they've, the Bill Shuler is for those that just missed out on the finals for the Wiremark Golden Pliers, so the next layer of uh, fencing competitors down. Heaps of new competitors turned up for the heats, and this year in the Silver Spades doubles competition, there's a team flowing out from England to have a go. So oh, fantastic. That's the first time in, in 50-odd years of fencing competitions, or 60-odd years, whatever it is, um, that we've had an international team come out, and uh, it's Tato Tato. We're going to send a team over to England uh, for their big competition uh, from the winners of this as well. So uh, this is three or four days of fencing competitions, uh, gut-busting stuff. Um, you know, the, the Wiremarks uh, individual event, the uh, Golden Pliers, they put up uh, 50 metres of fence. There's uh, nine wires, 13-odd uh, posts, heaps of foots, um, heaps of strainers and, and gates to swing. It takes them four and a half to six hours. After six hours, they stop getting judged, but um, not many of them take longer, as long as that. They're normally all off the line pretty quickly, but, um, yeah, it's a marathon. Well, it's really great to see it up close and personal, um, you know, and I was having a look over here before. I mean, these guys and girls, the concentration, yeah. um, the uh, skill level is extraordinary. I was just having a look at exactly what they're doing here, how they go through the process, and while there's obviously a way to do it and do it right, it's like uh, it's like a bowling action, you know. It's there's one way to do it, but everyone's got their unique take on it. And uh, I've just seen the different ways that people are going about doing this stuff here. The sweat pouring off the brow. She's great stuff. Yeah, and you, you're just watching the cadets here, the silver stable cadets. Oh, but but the, the yeah, yeah, but it's quite um it's quite amazing to watch just how well trained they are. Yeah, Some of these. You know, 
know, as cadets are only sort of 18 and younger, um, and they're in their first years of competition. But you'd employ any one of them. I mean, you know, there's so many points that can be uh, awarded for penalties. The judges will take a look at the fences afterwards. But all of the measures are, are quite specific as how far away the insulators are from the strainers and the wire spacings and the height of the fences. And also, they put a digger up against the strainer uh, later on and see if they can pull it out of the ground or push it over too. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff that we don't get to see in the judging, but it all comes out in the wash eventually. Um, Joe Grigg, who uh, works uh, with the Rex team, um, among a number of uh, other rural outfits that she's uh, got her um, expertise sunk into. Uh, Smedley Station, apparently one of her kids is over there with the Smedley Station crew as well, so I'm going to have to try and suss that person out and you know, yeah, give a report back to mum, you know what I mean? Yeah, no kidding, the, their names are all on the sandwich boards over there, so oh, right, you'll I be able to work them out, but yeah. what's interesting is over there is there's a couple of young ladies in the fencing competition yeah, yeah, too, yeah. so that's a, a newbie for me to see them here, um, there is quite a lot of women that fence around the country and it's good to see some girls cracking in at an early age too, so awesome. Do you know what I like about this is the fact that you've got um, a thing here where people are just getting on, bit of competition, good action for the crowd to watch, this sort of thing, because further over that way, most of the talk is everyone dropping policy ahead of uh, the election and things. You know what I mean? So there's a real, there's there's a lot going on in yeah. this in in this uh, overall Mystery Creek environment. You know? Yeah, it's quite amazing actually. I, I mean, as I said, this has been a big part of the field days for a long time. Uh, Craig Graham, who you can hear in the background announcing, his father helped set up the field days originally, and one thing he always wanted was fencing, and they've looked after us really, really well. Um, and uh, we've got a good site here next to tractor pulling, and it's definitely somewhere you can come and have a look and talk to some of the people that are competing or the judges and maybe tidy up your own fencing as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's just on the outskirts. If you're floating around, come out to the outskirts, you know, um, because you're... Over by the river. <laughs> over by the river, exactly. Well, you need you need the you need the space, you need the ground, right? Um, how long are you here for all the whole the whole shooting box, are you? Yeah, mate, we've, um, I'm here, I flew in last night and I've got Wednesday doing this today. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow is the Golden Pliers and Friday is the Silver Spades. Fly home as quick as I can on Saturday and Clark of the Course at Addington on Sunday and then a fair bit of whatever with Wiggy work coming up as well. How's whatever with Wiggy? Lean on a gate, talk to a mate, all that stuff, she's going alright? Oh yes, it's a really busy space to be involved in at the moment and uh, I know the Rex crew are helping me out with some of that and it's just great to have you guys on board and once again, um, you know, the good George's Brewery, Dom, I imagine that you and Nick might actually have to get those moths out of your pocket and shout us a beer later. Well yeah, absolutely, I think I actually just passed the uh, good George Beer tent just before on the way over here and a uh, bit of barbecue around as well which smelled too uh, it smelled very very nice I can tell you Wiggy is always a pleasure my friend yeah thanks very much and if you're at the field days just uh, enjoy the three days of fine weather we've had and once again lean on a mate talk to uh, lean on a gate and talk to a mate somewhere around the area you'll have fun Rex today with NetSpeed connecting the country and now with mobile phones